Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name is Tom Rebeck and I'm here with Ibrahim Kasaji. Today we're going to talk about Mobile World Congress, um, in particular looking at the announcements relating to private networks and, and IoT. Um, but before we get into that, um, Ibrahim, this was your first time at um, Mobile World Congress. So maybe just pick out one thing that, that surprised you that, that wasn't what you were expecting from the show. Yes, I think it was mostly what I was, what I was expecting. Um, one thing which surprised me a little bit was how much of the, the focus uh, at the stands was on meetings and conversations rather than uh, product demos, uh, demonstrations. Um, you know, there were lots of demos there, but uh, I think on the IoT and private network side, uh, there were probably not as many as I was expecting. Um, and an interesting to hear your views, given that you've been before of, uh, did you see much less demos, more conversations, or, or was it similar to previous years? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was probably similar to, to, to previous years. Um, may, maybe the emphasis on meetings and conversation is uh, is a sort of post-COVID thing, everybody getting back to, to meeting thing. people. Um, what I did, what did strike me that maybe hasn't struck me, but I'm sure is true in previous versions, is just the number of, there, there are lots of demos, but they're all on screen, really. Um, but when we're talking about private networks, we're talking about things like factories. We're thinking massive open air um, installations. The same with, with IoT, and just seeing a, a few slides on a screen don't really do it justice. Now, inevitably, there are some some train sets and you know, Lego train sets, and people kind of demoing it like that, which kind of work. And there was one on the orange stand um, showing a, a, um, a combination of private network edge and, and artificial intelligence, um, which was an actual a demo. Um, which was which was quite interesting, but yeah, generally the emphasis is much more on meetings and, and conversations. I think that's that's a fair point. Um, let's let's start talking about um, private networks then. Uh, so this 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 podcast, alongside this podcast, is the article that you wrote um, on MWC, and in that you said there was much more emphasis on on private networks than IoT. Um, I think we both both saw that every stand seemingly had something about private networks. Every every conversation we had um, involved private networks, and the, the emphasis on on IoT was much much less. Um, but what were the key announcements that you saw around around private networks? Yeah, so in terms of number of announcements, there weren't too many, um, but I think there was definitely those of discussions and conversations. Um, so obviously, just before uh, MWC, you had a big announcement of. Uh, HPE acquiring Athernet, uh, and that was definitely talked about a lot in, in all the conversations I had, um, both private networks and, and IoT players. Um, and yeah, so uh, I think you wrote an article about that, which goes into more detail. But you know, generally, a, a large firm like HPE acquiring a smaller firm like Athernet isn't particularly unusual in itself. But I think the reason why it caught a lot of interest was uh, HPE hasn't done too much in the private network space yet. Uh, but it's now acquired Athernet, which has been uh, active for quite some time. Athernet says it's been involved in 450 customer deployments. Um, so, so that positions HPE as a much bigger player, and it gives it the opportunity to combine uh, private cellular with Wi-Fi via its Aruba offering, uh, and that could you know, give it a point of difference compared to the established players like Nokia and Ericsson. Um, so that was that was HB and Athernet. Uh, as similar, similarly, Cisco is another Wi-Fi player which has done a little bit in private networks, but not too much. Uh, and it announced a partnership with NTT to develop uh, joint go-to market solutions for private 5G. So I think that also signals that Cisco, another big Wi-Fi provider, is 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 going to make more of a move in private networks. Um, and then, uh, yeah, away from that, there were a couple of other small announcements. So there's one from AWS. 
So, so obviously the, the, the public cloud providers are looking at private networks as well. They have a very different vision, uh, seeing it as you know, a tightly integrated to the public cloud and edge. Uh, and AWS announced a new integrated private wireless program that was uh, in collaboration with five operators. Uh, and basically the aim is for the operators to, to put their private network solutions on AWS portal uh, so enterprises can see it there uh, and, and give it the opportunity the chance to combine the operator offerings with some AWS services, uh, such as AWS Outposts and AWS Snow Family. Um, so, so again, a sign that uh, you know the hyperscalers are also very interested in private networks and willing to work with the operators uh, on that side as well. Yeah, the other announcement that you pulled out in the in the article was Bix doing a, a partnership with Microsoft about uh, roaming between public and, and, and private networks. Yeah, so that so the that kind of area of of hybrid public private networks uh, it definitely came up a lot in conversations, especially mm. with all the operators. You know, they see it as a chance for them to get more involved in private networks to carve out a role for themselves. Um, we haven't seen much in the way of announcements yet or, or actual deployments. Of these hybrid networks, you know, we think the vast majority of private network deployments today are uh, dedicated for the on-premise. But there's definitely a lot of interest in that, and and this Bix uh, announcement is an interesting one. I think it makes sense for Bix, you know, with its uh, its heritage, it's you know the wholesale arm of Proximus. It's very much a specialist in in roaming, uh, yeah. you know, more generally. So this kind of solution makes sense. Um, but again, interesting that they're working with with Microsoft. You know, they're one of the hyperscalers uh, for the solution. Yeah. Um, so what about common threads between those private network announcements? Do you see any 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 common threads? Um, I think not any obvious ones. I think I think the way you tie it together is is you know, each of these players has has their own vision for private networks, where they see mm. the market going, um, and and these announcements are a kind of you know, uh, it, it gives a preview of where they see that vision going. So if you take HP and Cisco, the, the Wi-Fi providers, uh, uh, you know, their vision is of private networks being packaged with Wi-Fi. So you can see the HP acquiring Ethernet. You know, it's it's, it's a very obvious yeah. combination it can make there. Um, you see the hyperscalers. You know, they they want Private networks to to be an extension of the public cloud. So uh, you know the work they're doing there is is carving out their role there and and making a public cloud and edge, you know, a key part of the private network e- ecosystem. Um, and then and then with Bix as an example of of an operator or op- adjacent to an operator, uh, looking at hybrid networks as, as their vision for 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 private networks. Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things struck me by the announcement, at least the, the announcements that we saw at the show and the th- the things you picked up. So obviously you've got the, the the two from HP and Cisco. So that's the as you say the kind of the Wi-Fi plus vision, telling Wi-Fi along with. Um, Maybe Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi six, Wi-Fi seven, uh, and, and and private five G or, or LTE where it makes sense. You, you've got that um, that camp. Um, the other two announcements you had were AWS and Microsoft. So the the hyperscalers um, moving more into into private networks. Um, we didn't see, I don't think, any big announcements from the likes of Nokia, Ericsson. They probably t- disagree. They probably think that the things they were announcing were were uh, equally important. But at least from our perspective, they they probably weren't quite as um important. We also had a, I think, an interesting briefing from Nokia where they were talking about their market share in private networks, and they, from from their data, they think they've got a, a very high market share. Now it seems inevitable that that's going to fall, given that everybody else is. Is, is is moving into this space? It's clearly very very competitive. 
Um, the other thing that sort of struck me about these announcements is they're all relatively early stage. So HP buying Athernet is an important, interesting deal, but it's probably going to be, well, at least a year before we see really much coming out of that, probably more like two years. Um, a bit similar to when HP bought uh, SD, SD-WAN company Silverpeak, and now we're seeing Aruba products, SD-WAN products, and there's probably a couple of years since they made that acquisition. So probably the same with, with Athernet. We're, we're sort of a couple of years away. Um, and some of the things like with, with AWS, it's still relatively early stage integrating private networks with um, with their cloud offering. It's something we, we've seen with IoT offers, uh, IoT providers do probably two, three, four years ago. Um, so it, it sort of strikes me a lot of these announcements around pri- private networks are still that they're just a sign of the relative immaturity of the market, relative early stage of the market, which I think neatly brings us on to IoT because I think the things we saw there with IoT are a bit different. So did you want to run us through some of the main um, IoT announcements that you saw? Yes. Yeah, so, so as you said, IoT was much less visible than private networks, but uh, but but you know, arguably some of the 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 announcements for IoT are kind of more more interesting and, and kind of move the market much more forward than uh, private networks, which is at a much earlier stage. Um, so I think there's three main areas where there were announcements. So firstly, on satellite IoT, um, and this is an area which actually got a lot of visibility uh, at Mobile World Con- Congress, you know, just satellite yeah. in general. Um, but satellite IoT, so the big announcement was Deutsche Telekom uh, announcing partnerships with Intelsat and Skylo, uh, and and Emnify also an IoT and VNO had a partnership with Zinc, um, and and they both kind of have similar motivations where they're trying to close gaps in coverage of the cellular network. So the use cases that Deutsche Telekom talked about was uh, connected wind turbines in in uh, remote areas uh, and providing broadband connections in in maritime offshore locations. Um, so it's it's areas where uh, public cellular IoT is is limited in terms of that coverage. So so having satellite to provide uh, connectivity in that stage is is a nice way for for Deutsche Telekom to say it, it yeah. can provide complete coverage in you know, everywhere to all kinds of customers. Um, so then uh, eSIM and iSIM was an area of focus. Uh, uh, for eSIM, actually, there wasn't very much in terms of new announcements. Uh, it wasn't particularly visible, but it did come up in conversations, uh, particularly around the upcoming GSMA uh, eSIM IoT specification, uh, SGP31 and 32, which are being worked on and, and should be finalized this year. Uh, and kind of the consensus is that that's a positive step. It's an improvement on the existing uh, GSMA M2M specification uh, and should help to remove some of those roadblocks around profile switching. Yeah. But in terms of announcements, the focus was more on iSIM, uh, which is which is very much a new technology. It's at very, very early stages in IoT. There's only a handful of commercial deployments. But we saw an announcement from SI, uh, an, an IoT MVNO in the UK, uh, which is partnering with Sequence to embed, to embed SI's connectivity into Sequence modules. Uh, and Sequence is also working with uh, Actility and iBasis for uh, another iSIM solution. So, so iSIM is something which is at, at various stages, but it's a SIM momentum uh, coming this year. Yeah. Um, and then finally, on an LP1 convergence, so, so low power wide area networks. Uh, and this was kind of a topic which we expected to come up this year. So, Semtech uh, acquired Sierra Wireless last year. So that gives it the chance to combine uh, cellular and LoRaWAN capabilities. So Semtech partnered with TTTI to kind of formally announce that uh, it, it's developing those joint cellular uh, LoRaWAN hybrid products. 
Um, and then similarly, uh, Unibiz, which became the new owner of Sigfox last year, is also working with the things industries, and they're going to develop uh, uh, Sigfox and NoraWAN hybrid products. So, so in kind of that area, there's, 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 there's definitely been a big movement to, you know, instead of these LP1 technologies all being very individual and separate, they seem to be more open to working together, collaborating uh, and, and producing hybrid products, which which I think is a good thing for the market as a whole, you know, for enterprises to have, you know, less complexity and more choice, it definitely benefits them. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of common themes between these announcements, it feels like like there may be not headline uh, he- headline changes, they're not massive deals, but they are things that gradually uh, pushes the IoT market along, um, gets rid of some barriers that have been there for a while. Yeah, so the, I think with IoT, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of small niggling issues, things like coverage or you know, interoperability. You know, eSIM hasn't worked as well as people expected. The profile switching process, um, and and yeah, as you say, you know, tackling these issues isn't, isn't uh, you know it, it doesn't have the marketing pull of private five G, but it, it's definitely important in 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 removing some of these roadblocks to IoT growth. Yeah. And at this stage of maturity, it's a bit further along than private networks. Uh, so that so that some of the hype has died died down, but now you know in a way the the, the hard work is, is is beginning now, and you know the real work behind the scenes. Yeah, to make sure IoT works. And we're seeing some of the results of that of that hard work. The other thing I, I thought um, compared to 2019, the last time I went where IoT was on pretty much every stand, um, IoT this year it wasn't wasn't quite a, a dirty word, but <laughs> it was it was very much uh, less prominent than it was before. But if you look at what people were talking around with um, with private networks, a lot of the examples of how private networks will be used, particularly 5G, are essentially IoT use cases. Um, and it's the same with IoT, uh, with, with satellite, sorry. Um, satellite was everywhere, um, every stand, all of the big operator stands had something about satellite, there was something on the Nokia stand, Ericsson stand and so on, as well as obviously the, the, quite, the, the satellite operators themselves were, were very prominent. Um, and again, a typical use case for lots of these satellites are, um, are IoT. So IoT may be not so prominent in its own right, but certainly as, as part of the, the broader satellite story and as part of the broader private network story, definitely, definitely present. Okay, great. Thank you um, very much, Ibrahim. We mentioned a couple of articles while we were talking. One is the the piece that Ibrahim wrote on MWC um, and private networks and IoT. We'll link to that. Um, the other was about Athernet and the acquisition by, by HPE. We will also link to that. Um, and of course, there's plenty more uh, content on IoT and private networks on our on our website. If you'd like to automatically receive future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. We also welcome your comments, feedback, and reviews. Thank you for listening. 